Welcome in to Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Show, episode 16, week 14. We're excited to get into everything you need to know for your matchup this week. Uh, I'm your host, Sam Bigelow, here with Gabby Mozipo. And yes, we know we're a day late. It's Thursday, December 9th, just after the Thursday night game, which we'll touch on briefly here. Um, and we apologize for not getting too early. If you had players in the Thursday night game, we apologize. Um, but we have everything you need to know for the rest of the week, um, and we'll be better moving on in the future. But anyways, just to get right into it, welcome in, Gabby. What did you think of this Thursday night game? It was pretty eventful, honestly. Uh, in the first half, not really much going on for the Steelers, but the Vikings were really running the football really tough. And in the second half, the Steelers really turned it on from the offensive side, and the Vikings, not surprisingly, tried to lose this football game. But at the end, <laughs> um, they were unable to, and they were – able to hold on for the win but Dalvin Cook had a huge day and showed that why he is one of if not the best running back in football he definitely has a case for that for sure yeah I uh was thinking that the Steelers looked extremely bad I was shocked at how bad they looked for two and a half quarters of this game uh, of course they picked it up at the end um some of your fantasy options like Pat Fryermuth. Uh, if you played him for the Steelers, they did come through. Najee got in the end zone. Um, it looked like it could have been a lot worse. So uh, thankful that the Steelers picked it up at the end. Um, but, yeah, good game, interesting game. Uh, in the end, that did not look like it was going to be for, the, like I said, the beginning and uh, beginning of the second half as well. But, yeah, uh, moving on, though. Oh, um, before we do that, I did want to say uh, K.J. Osborne, a guy that uh, – we would have mentioned in the judging the waiver wire segment, usually um, he's a really, really interesting guy to have on your roster right now. And looks like he'll be a solid play moving forward as long as Adam Thielen is out. And, uh, and that's going to lead us right into basically our news and notes segment. So, I mean, Adam Thielen, he's out for, let's see here, uh, three to five weeks. He's got an ankle injury. Um, so like I was saying, KJ Osborne, uh, he's going to be really, really interesting for those three to five weeks. Uh, he had 17 fantasy points tonight against the Steelers. Gabby, how are you seeing, seeing KJ Osborne right now? I'm seeing him as a really viable wide receiver too, especially with Thielen out. Um, the defense is going to be shading over to Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw the football because what we've noticed is that the Vikings play down in competition and they don't seem to be able to blow out comp uh, their opponents for very long. So Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw the football for a majority of the football game, even if they're winning, as we saw just a couple hours ago. So I would have confidence in KJ Osborne as a flex consideration wide receiver three moving forward, as long as Adam Thielen's out, out of the lineups. Yeah. And I, I think he maybe even has a little bit more upside than that. He only got three receptions tonight. Um, so, I mean, he definitely, he had nine targets, so he definitely has a little bit higher of an upside and he had a pretty good game still. Um, and Dalvin Cook, um, a guy we should have honestly mentioned earlier, he had 200 yards rushing. So it's not like it was a huge passing game for the Vikings. I mean, they did put up a lot of points. It was a good game all around for the, the offense. Don't get me wrong, but I'm really interested in KJ Osborne is if you somehow, um, I, I have a hard time believing that 
uh, you're going to be in this position. But I guess in maybe like a deep league or something, if you're in your playoffs and you're able to get KJ Osborne um, and you have like a, a, a whole wide receiver or flex, I think he's a really good guy uh, to put in there. Um, if, you, if you're looking for a wide receiver two or a flex option. Um, but yeah, of course it would be for mostly deeper leagues. Hopefully you have someone better if you're in a, a 10 man or something and are in the playoffs. But I think he's a really interesting play. Um, really good guy to have on your bench at the very least. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big KJ Osborne fan, especially for like dynasty. I think he could be really interesting uh, to hold on to. Obviously he's still kind of a, uh, a flyer type of guy, but um, yeah, I'm really interested in KJ Osborne for both uh, the remainder of, well, not the remainder of the season, the remainder of Adam Thielen's injury and uh, really interested as a dynasty asset as well. But uh, do you, do you agree in, in dynasty or do you see that differently? I'm curious. In Dynasty, I would agree that with that as well. I'm, we have been saying for a while that Adam Thielen is going to be dropping off, and it doesn't look like it's this year. But when that does happen, KJ Osborne is going to assume take a little bit more of a role aside of Justin Jefferson. Do I, so I do think Osborne is an interesting Dynasty ad. I definitely think he should be on most lineups because he popped in the beginning of this year before Conklin really solidified himself as the third option in the passing offense. So I do think there's potential there for that to continue next year. Yeah, I, I really think he's going to get a larger role next year. I don't know how how much of a role it's going to be, um, but I think he's going to at least continue to improve. Uh, K.J. Osborne, that is. I mean, Adam Thielen, he's, he's 31 years old right now, so uh, he's no spring chicken. So uh, I think they're going to be looking to get someone else more involved. And I think K.J. Osborne has made a good case for himself to, to be that guy. Um, but before we continue on with the news and notes section uh, segment here, Gabby, is there anything else you wanted to touch on uh, before we move forward? No, I think we hit most of the points that we wanted to discuss today. Awesome. Uh, first thing in the news and notes, other than Adam Thielen, of course, is Alvin Kamara. He returned to full practice. He's been out the last few weeks, and he is finally back. He's gonna be. He's gonna play in this game um, against the Jets and. It'll be a great play, um, especially considering the, that uh, Mark Ingram is likely to be out uh, or confirmed to be out, honestly. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Uh, I'll have to follow up. But Mark Ingram is likely to be out at the very least with due to uh, COVID positive. Um, so you can have no – you don't need to have any real fears um, that – Kamara will be limited or anything. So, I mean, you probably, you were playing him anyways, but you can play him without fear. Um, and yeah, it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like Mark Ingram is going to miss that game. So uh, uh, moving on to our next, next guy, Darren Waller, he's got a knee and a, a back injury. The back injury sounds a little bit more minor, but uh, he hasn't practiced at all this week. It's unclear if he's going to play. You just got to monitor this situation. If Darren Waller is in, you start him. If Darren Waller's out, you're going to have to find a pivot, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Darren Waller is just – if he plays, he's in. He's that kind of guy. So, um, especially at the tight end position. I uh, definitely think it's good for Hunter Renfro, though, if Darren Waller does not play. So, uh, something to keep in mind if you're a Hunter Renfro owner. Uh, James Robinson, he's the next guy here on the list. Uh, I love James Robinson this week. He's limited in practice. Uh, he's been in, was limited in practice on Wednesday, excuse me, and was rested today. Um, but it sounds like he'll play. Um, I think that it's just a more of a typical uh, rest day for their, their mostly bell cow guy. Um, but it sounds like he'll play. 
Um, and we'll definitely be talking more about him uh, when we get into the matchups because I, I have some things I want to talk about for him. But uh, next guy, Debo Samuel, big name, one of the best wide receivers in the league this year. Um, he hasn't practiced this week still, uh, missed last week, of course, um, but is reportedly on track to play uh, this week against Cincinnati. So something to keep an eye on. Um, I think he's another guy who's at that tier who if he plays, you got to play him. Um, but Debo Samuel, of course, a guy who has uh, a history of injuries. So something to keep in mind um, if you're an owner and him in any sort of keeper or dynasty league, but uh, still a great receiver. Continuing with the 49ers, though, uh, we got Elijah Mitchell, uh, the running back situation there just in general, well, I'll be touching on. But Elijah Mitchell, um, he has a knee injury and is in concussion protocol. He hasn't practiced at all this week. So, I mean, you just got to monitor his progress this week and see uh, see how it goes. Keep an eye on him. If he plays, he's going to be their number one. Um, Jeff Wilson, who would probably be the number two because Trey Sermon's out, he practiced in full today. So uh, he would likely be the he should be the guy if Trey Sermon or excuse me, Elijah Mitchell is out. Um, and then Jamichael Hasty is just the third guy to keep in mind there. If Jeff Wilson has any sort of setback, he would be the guy to go with. Um, but I mean, if you're going that far down the line, we're going to be probably pretty murky at this point, but moving forward, uh, we got the Los Angeles chargers wide receivers. There's been a COVID breakout in that room. It seems like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen uh, are both on uh, the COVID list for, of course, Keenan Allen is a COVID positive. He's he's vaccinated though, so he he actually could potentially play Sunday, uh, but it's extremely unlikely. Uh, Mike Williams, he's just a close contact, so uh, he just has to. We just have you have to just monitor him um, and see if he tests positive before Sunday, so he also could play. He's definitely the more likely of the two to play this week, um, but of course, I think you could see both of them being out potentially. Uh, which would lead to Jalen Guyton uh, being the number one there this week. Um, and I think that he's definitely would, he would definitely be a really interesting play in a pinch. Um, he actually had a really good game this week. Uh, he had four, four receptions for 90 yards um, and a touchdown. And with the other receivers out, I think you could play him with a pretty, pretty solid floor. Um, Gabby, how do you feel about Jalen Guyton this week? If, uh, if both those guys miss. I think he'd be an interesting play if both those guys are out. He is their their deep target, but he has been on the field quite a bit, especially last week. Um, with Mike Williams gone, he's the unvaccinated out of the two. So, but he has been one thing to keep note: he has been testing negative so far, and the close contact occurred either on Sunday or Monday. So he does have an opportunity to still play, and if he does play, I don't think Jalen Guyton is a all good play. He might be a shot in the dark flex option, but I do think there's better options out there. But if those two guys are out or, or even one, I am playing Jalen Guyton as a flex just because of the big playability. And Justin Herberts likes to throw the ball. That The offense is really explosive, and I, I want pieces of, if I can. Justin Herbert's been on fire this year, quarterback two on the year. So especially if his two top dogs are out, um, just the natural flow of targets are going to we're going to see Jalen Guyton be more viable in a matchup like this. And also, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, but just a real quick check, uh, check your feeling. If Keenan Allen is the only one to miss, 
how I mean, Mike Williams has been kind of up and down this year. Uh, what's your confidence level in Mike Williams uh, compared to how you generally feel about him if there is no Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is to play? I would feel like Jalen Guyton is this flex territory, in the flex territory. I wouldn't be necessarily pushing to put him in my lineup, but I would be considering him. I'm curious more about uh, Mike Williams uh, because, he, you know, he's – He's really up and down, been inconsistent. I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, is Mike Williams a uh, – do you think he has a higher floor? Is he a more safe play this week if Keenan Allen is the only one to miss? Oh, I'm playing Mike Williams most likely no matter what in this sort of situation unless I'm already up in my matchup. Just given how far we are into the season, and, yes, he's been up and down, but – you're most likely in a situation if you for listening to this podcast in all honesty, or you need some sort of advice, uh, you're probably in a matchup that matters. And I'm taking that upside of Mike Williams this week, especially if Keenan Allen's were to miss. He he has COVID as of now and he's vaccinated, but he's testing positive, so he needs to test negative first before you can play. And even if so, Mike Williams has been good enough for you throughout the year to well this this week. I would play him versus the Giants. That's a really good matchup for wide receivers, and I'm looking to take advantage of that whenever I can. So no matter what, I'm playing Mike Williams this week, but if, especially if Keenan Allen is out, and it's not even a question. Yeah, uh, you know, if Keenan Allen's out, then I'm excited to play Mike Williams. If Keenan Allen is in, um, then he's not – he's, like, not a bad play by any means. I just – He's, I hope he's your flex. He's just, just so inconsistent. And that's assuming Keenan Allen plays. If he's out, I think he's a great play. Um, and I think that really is all that probably really needs to be said about it. I'm just concerned um, about his inconsistencies. Um, but like you said, if you're in a matchup that you might lose or you're like projected to lose, uh, Mike Williams is like the best play you could have because he could definitely just turn that around um, with a huge game regardless of if Keenan, Keenan Allen plays or not. Uh, yeah, so uh, moving on to our next guy, though, uh, Damian Harris. He suffered a hamstring injury in the game on Monday, which was <laughs> a wild one uh, just in general. Uh, again, hamstring injury on Monday, but very little news has come out about that throughout the week. So, honestly, you're just going to have to monitor that situation and see how that goes. Uh, Kadarius Tony, next guy here. Um, his quarterback could be Jake Fromm this week. Um, it's unclear who the quarterback is going to play, uh, going to be um, both Glennon and um, Jones could be potentially active. They are both unlikely to play, but are not completely ruled out yet. Um, so I guess you could see one of those guys, uh, but it sounds like it's likely going to be Jake Fromm. Um, so not great for Kadarius Tony, but he's, as far as his injury status, he's been limited in practice. Uh or out of practice until today where he was limited. Um, so he could be out again this week. It's really unclear at this point. So he's just another guy you're going to have to monitor, uh, but he is progressing at the very least. So if he's out this week, looks like he would be on, on track to play the following week. Uh, next guy though, uh, Miles Sanders. Um, he's a guy who <laughs> was having a great game had over a hundred yards before he went down. Um, so he, he injured his ankle. Uh, he's on bye this week, though. Um, and Sanders himself has said that he expects to play uh, after the bye. So 
Um, he would have been out anyway this week, so we aren't going to get really any sort of indication there. Um, but he's somebody to keep an eye on, and at this point, sounds like he will play. Um, but I wouldn't really expect too many updates until uh, later in later in this week or early next week. Uh, so keep an eye out for those if you're a Miles Sanders owner. And then uh, Melvin Gordon, he had a hip injury that kept him out of the last game. He returned to practice this week, though, um, and he himself has said that he feels like he can play. Um, Javante Williams had an awesome game last week. Um, and I think he's actually going to be just a, still a solid play against Kansas City this week. Uh, Gabby, if Melvin Gordon indeed plays, how are you feeling about Javante Williams? I'm curious. I'm playing both of them uh, if they play. They've been super consistent this year. But they've both been able to finish the top 24 running back multiple times throughout this season, and they've been sharing similar workload. The passing offense isn't all that potent, and the Denver Broncos move the ball through the running back. So especially if we've seen the breakout with Javante Williams, we might start seeing the swing going that way, and I'm definitely trying to catch it on the uptick rather than um, on the downtick. So I'm playing Javante Williams for the rest of the year, and if Melvin Gordon is playing, I'm playing him as well. He's been really good this year, and yes, Javante Williams is shown out, but Javante Williams has shown burst throughout the entire year and if Denver wanted to give him the full workload they would have done this way before then so they've shown a commitment to Melvin Gordon and I think it's going to continue throughout the year so they both rate to me as a mid-tier RB2s I would rank if I had to ranking I would rank them especially playing a team like the Lions I'd have them in the RB15 to 19 range the both of them and they'd be Rated back-to-back, which Javante would definitely be higher just given the upside that we saw in his pass catching ability. I mean, Melvin Gordon also has that ability as well, but Javante just has a little bit more burst, and that's a little bit more exciting when it comes to fantasy football. Dang. I uh, I don't know if I'm quite as excited about them as you, but I definitely think they're both uh, solid plays. Definitely would rather play Javante uh, than Melvin Gordon, which, is, I mean, it sounds like you totally agree with, which I would expect. Um yeah, I think Javante Williams is a, a great play. I have him definitely inside my top 20, um, maybe even higher than my top 15. He's, I'm really excited about him, probably around 15, and then just outside of my top 20 would probably be uh, Melvin Gordon. So very similar to you, um, but just a little bit less excited maybe about let Melvin Gordon um, just coming off the injury. I think they could maybe ease him in, especially with how good Javante Williams has played. Um, but yeah, I don't expect Melvin Gordon to go away completely either. Unfortunately for Javante Williams owners, um, both are really just solid, solid running backs when, uh, a lot of times that, uh, running back land landscape can be really barren. So definitely great guys to own, um, and solid starts for sure. But moving on to, uh, our next piece of news, some very unfortunate news. Uh, Logan Thomas is going to be out for the, uh, out for the year. He's just, he had reports of ACL and MCL injury, I believe it was. Um, and then it turned out that it wasn't exactly that, but they didn't really clear it up. So basically all I can tell you is that Logan Thomas is out for the season with a knee injury at this point. So unfortunate for him, um, his season is over and Ricky Seals Jones becomes a tight end that you might consider playing sometimes, but not usually. Uh, last but not least, uh, oh, no, we already mentioned him. So that, actually, that is last but not least already. Um, moving on to our uh, judging the waiver wire segment here. Uh, KJ Osborne, like we said, we already mentioned if he's available, you should maybe try to pick him up. Uh, Jalen Guyton, we mentioned him already. Taysom Hill, 
I've been talking about Taysom Hill a lot this year. Um, he had a really great game for fan, or not really great game for fantasy, but a, a really solid above average game for fantasy last week. Uh, had about 20 points. Uh, obviously showed that he is going to be using his legs, um, even with the finger injury. I think he's definitely a solid start, a, a really great waiver at wire ad if you or your opponent. Uh, or maybe a future opponent, if you're in the playoffs and you're looking ahead, uh, maybe needs a quarterback, you should be picking him up, keeping him out of the hands of somebody else or using him yourself. Uh, he's definitely going to be a really solid quarterback. I don't know if he's going to go out there and get you a ton of 25-point uh, weeks, but I think he's going to get you about 20 every week, which is really good, um, as long as he can consistently get just above that, that average and be a quarterback one. I think he's a really solid add. Um, and I think you should consider keeping him away from people that need him as well. If there's somehow a team in the playoffs that really needs a quarterback. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, next guy. Just want to mention him just because if uh, Damian Harris is out or is limited, uh, Ramondre Stevenson could get a really a, a larger workload, of course. Um, and then last I would like not, to add something on Ramondre Stevenson. I, I like yeah. that. I think he's even just an interesting flex candidate, even if Damian Harris is playing, just because we've seen over the last couple of weeks, he's been pretty explosive and it's hard to deny the talent there. He might, him and Damian Harris are obviously the two most talented running backs in the backfield and obviously, honestly might be the two best offensive players. So getting the ball in Ramondre Stevenson's hand looks like it might be becoming more and more of a priority. And I think with how New England, has showed a dedication to run the football. I think Ramondre Stevenson is an interesting flex candidate um, coming off the bye here down the stretch. And if Harris is out, um, he definitely rates on the top, on the upper echelon of running back handcuffs. No, he definitely does. Um, I really like uh, Ramondre Stevenson's just talent in general. I agree. I'm really excited about him for next year. Uh, this year, Ramondre Stevenson's ca uh, pass catching uh, it's really not there that often. Uh, I think it's mostly just there when there's no Damian Harris, um, which of course, if he's out is great for Stevenson this week, but, um, and then if he, it's just, he's really touchdown dependent after that. So he's definitely an interesting play, a really interesting, like desperation RB two. Um, if you are, have a guy on by, like, I mean, I have Jonathan Taylor, obviously a lot of people have Jonathan Taylor. He's the running back one right now. He's on by this week. So maybe you're in that kind of situation. And Ramondre Stevenson is great for that. If you don't really have another option, um, but he's just super touchdown dependent. Just like as an example, last week against Buffalo goes for 24 carries for 78 yards, no receptions, uh, didn't get any receptions the week before either. Um, and gets 7.8 fantasy points, which, you know, is not reflective of how much he did for the team and how awesome of a player he actually is, um, but is unfortunately not a fantasy output that you really can use. It uh, doesn't kill you. It doesn't, it's not the worst thing ever. It's not a zero, but um, it's just that, that's what makes me nervous about Ramondre Stevenson uh, when, uh, when Harris is there. Ramondre Stevenson hasn't scored over 10 points any of the last three weeks um, and has only gotten, I mean, he gets about 10 carries a game, um, usually without, without Harris, not counting last week against Buffalo, where, like I said, he got 24, um, which, and then if he doesn't, if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's just not usually that great for you, which he definitely has that potential to get in there. He just makes me nervous. So um, 
in a deeper league, I love Ramondre Stevenson as a, as a flex, but um, if you're in like a 10 man, I definitely think you can do better. Uh, but like I said, he could fill a role for you. And he's uh, like you said, Gabby, um, definitely, definitely a, a, a one of the better handcuffs to have. Um, is there anything else you want to add about him? No. Awesome. Uh, and then just speaking of running back handcuffs, please pick up your handcuff or other people's handcuffs. If they're out there, um, they could win you a, a league if they're somebody else's handcuff and they could save you from losing your league um, in the playoffs if they're your handcuffs. So um, make sure you get your handcuffs. You should know who they are by now. If you're not sure, it's just a little Googling will help you help you find it. So um, yeah. Moving on though, to our next and main portion here, we got our matchups. And of course, we already saw the Steelers lose to the Vikings in uh, exciting fashion there. So our first game that we're going to talk about is Saints-Jets in the first window on Sunday here. Um, I already talked about Taysom Hill, but I wanted to also mention that he is actually my best of the rest start of the week at quarterback. Um, he played bad last week. We talked about how he had 20 fantasy points. He had actually four interceptions last week, and he still got 20 fantasy points. So uh, he can be bad and still be solid for you in fantasy. He's a great play this week against the Jets, who are, of course, terrible. And then Alvin Kamara, we mentioned already, he's going to be the, getting a ton of work this week without Ingram coming back in his first game active. Um, and then on the other side, Elijah Moore, he's actually my wide receiver start of the week. And um, New Orleans, they've allowed the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers this year, which is pretty surprising, actually. Um, but it's true. And Elijah Moore has been awesome for you in fantasy recently um, especially over the last seven weeks uh, the lowest score he got any week was 9.3 fantasy points and he scored 20 or more three out of those seven weeks so um, he's recently Elijah Moore has been really good for you doesn't necessarily get the respect or recognition he deserves in my opinion uh, because he plays for the Jets uh, but I think he's been He's a really solid play for you most weeks, and I think this is a prime matchup uh, for Elijah Moore this week. Uh, but, Gabby, is there anything in this matchup that you wanted to, to point out? No, not in the, the Saints-Jets matchup here. Elijah Moore, I mean, obviously with Corey Davis, I think he's going to be a top-20 player for the rest of the season. I do think that's locked it in. Um, just his consistency all around, and with Corey Davis being out, I think it's just – it's completely locked in. The offense is going to run through Michael uh, Elijah Moore, especially with Michael Carter out too. I pre feel pretty confident about that. And on the other side, I'm pretty excited about Alvin Kamara coming out. Me personally, I, I have pretty big stocks in him in terms of where I have him in my fantasy league. Um, and I, I just want his consistency back and hopefully that he'll be able to showcase his passing ability. But coming off of four weeks of an MCL injury, you have some worries of how they're going to integrate him back into the offense. But then you remember that Alvin Kamara might be one of the top 10, is a top 10 player, in my opinion, in the NFL. So he's 10, to be fair, but he's top 10 nonetheless. So I don't know if he's 10, but he's definitely up there. He's really close to the very least. That's kind of a bold statement, I feel like. But he'd be up there. Um, and, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, that's um, a, that's a, that's a conversation for another time for sure. That's an interesting one, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was continue. No, but nonetheless, I do think that 
there's a chance that the New Orleans Saints offense comes back together. But Trevor Simeon has been really bad this year, so other than in the game versus Tampa Bay. So hopefully he'll be able to reconnect. Taysom Hill. Taysom oh, Hill is the starter. They have – well, he's been bad too, actually, so nonetheless. So. No, he hasn't. He's only played – I just talked about him. He's only played in one game, and he got 20 fantasy points. Yeah, but he threw four picks. And, and still got 20 fantasy points, and he had a hurt finger. So even in a game where he is terrible, he's still got you 20 fantasy points. And I just want to mention, this is this is like the third week in a row I've said this, but he's averaged 23 points per game in his four previous starts. So he ha- he's he is still averaging over t- – I don't know exactly what those previous point totals would be, but he's still – continuing to play well he's played well in every start he's had um recently in the last last five starts he's had at least um so yeah i think he's an excellent start especially against the jets i mean what are the jets going to do to stop him like what could they possibly do if they take away the passing game he's they're just going to have him run the ball wildcat just like he did last time i just i think i think Taysom hill is an excellent play and again to reiterate i think he should be picked up in in pretty much every league um, if you have anybody in the playoffs who needs a quarterback, pick them up. If you need a quarterback, you should pick them up. So, in my opinion. I don't know if I'm that high on him. He's a QB 10, and at the end of the day, yes, he has that rushing ability, and he's going to be a quarterback, but it's bad. And with Alvin Kamara coming back into the lineup, you would think that means good things for Taysom Hill. But I think those rushing abilities that's going to be taken away from Taysom Hill, I think there's going to be goal line opportunities that – we saw Taysom Hill have last week. The reason why he was playing bad, he threw four picks and he had a hurt finger. The finger is still going to be hurt next week. And I think offenses, I think the defenses are going to have a week of footage on him. And yes, the Jets are bad. But I, I think that doesn't play well into a Taysom Hill, into a Taysom Hill game script. If it, I think there's a chance that it's a run-centric game script and Taysom Hill has an okay game. But I don't think, I, I don't see him as a QB QB1 this week. Maybe a low-end QB1, but, like, it would be, like, QB9, QB10. I think, well, I mean, QB9 and QB10 are still QB1s, to be fair. Uh, but I I definitely think when next week we're going to come back here, we're and now we are going to – now we are going to talk about it. But next – I guess I guess next time you're on the show, uh, I guess everybody – Gabby won't be on next week. But next time Gabby's on the show, we are talking about week 14, Taysom Hill's performance – and uh, Taysom Hill, I, I, I feel very strongly that he will be a quarterback one this week. Um, yeah, so we'll definitely be seeing about that. Um, and I think we just can agree to disagree. I just think Taysom Hill, he doesn't need that much to be able to get a good rushing total. And I do think if it's a blowout game, they're going to have him rush. I think he's auditioning for, for the job, honestly. I don't think he's going to get the job next year. I think they're going to bring somebody else in. But I think this is Taysom Hill's audition. This is Taysom Hill's chance uh, to win the starting job in New Orleans. And I think he's going to play his heart out, uh, which is, in my opinion, not going to be enough still to be that great. But um, for fantasy, I think it's going to be awesome. He only had 11 carries last game, and he had 101 yards. So he doesn't need a ton of carries to get it done. And I definitely think the passing is going to be greatly improved, which I think will open up the run game as well as make the offense just better in general. Um, So Taysom Hill. I am I'm I'm feeling is I feel is a very safe play this week and is a really solid quarterback uh, for fantasy. But we will see. We don't need to talk that one to death. 
Um, is there anything else in that matchup you wanted to mention or any last pieces on Taysom Hill? No, not on that guy. All right. Um, next matchup here, we got the Falcons and the Panthers. Uh, it's uh, not the most uh, – the best game ever, um, but an interesting divisional one. I think Cam is – in a quarter in a QB in a two QB league is playable this week. Um, but you're still nervous about him. Uh, yeah. And of course you're playing DJ Moore, and, uh, I think it's going to be a good game for Chuba Hubbard personally. Um, I just, I just think the Falcons are so bad that I have a hard time believing that Chuba Hubbard isn't going to have a solid game. Um, so I think he's a good play this week. Um, and then of course, Cordell Patterson, um, and, you know, if you have Kyle Pitts on your roster, you're playing him. He just has that that huge upside. Um, and, yeah, Falcons, for the record, a bottom 10 team in uh, points, fantasy points allowed to running backs this year. So just another point on uh, Chuba Hubbard there. Uh, but, Gabby, anything in that Carolina-Atlanta matchup that you wanted to point out? Nope. It's going to be a pretty dull matchup. I, do, I think there's a chance that Kyle Pitts – has an okay game. Um, he has been a little bit of a disappointment this year, a little bit off his ADP, but <laughs> it's not that far off. I mean, he's been he's still been a tight end one this year. And he was drafted, I think, average, if I remember correctly, he was average, drafted as tight end five, tight end six on the year. So, yeah, but been- the tight end five and six is drafted way higher than the tight end nine or ten. I mean, that's like the only position that's true for it's like the only position that's true for. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, he's not, he's not, he's not completely busted for you by any means. And the the beauty of Kyle Pitts, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crap on Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. I definitely think he's as a, as a tight end to own rest of season, he's better than the nine. He just has such a high ceiling that most tight ends, there's like, there's like four or five other tight ends maybe that can get can can score you as many points as Kyle Pitts can score you. And just that chance that he's able to do that and the fact that he does do it on some occasions um, makes him an interesting play every week. Because if your tight end can win you just a couple weeks, that's huge. Um, in the playoffs, it gets a little bit more scary because, of course, you um, it's like win or go home. But he's still far from the worst tight end. I definitely am not trying to crap on Kyle Pitts. I do think he was drafted, though. Uh, significantly higher than he should have been. I do think that is true, though. Yeah, I mean, he's not far off. I mean, the tight end, when when we look at the tight end points scored, it's Travis Kelsey at 190, Mark Andrews at 180, and then there's a huge drop-off. And then from tight end three to tight end nine, it's it's a complete difference of points ranging from uh, 20 points. And if we take out tight end four to tight end nine, that range falls to 12. So I don't think there's that much of a difference between all those guys, especially when we're talking, t- talking about guys in the middle, such as Kittle and Waller, are guys that are in between that. So I don't think Pitts is all that, was all that bad of a pick this year. Maybe a little bit off, but not a bust by any means necessary. I, I, I don't fault, I don't see the logic See the mislogic in drafting Kyle Pitts there by any means, and I don't think you're necessarily 
sad that you did at that pick. I don't know what uh, Kyle Pitts' ADP was off the top of my head, but I think that the way you're looking at it as far as total points um, doesn't tell you the whole uh, the whole picture. He's buoyed by some really huge weeks that tight ends that you'd have rather played maybe on a weekly basis do not have, which, again, is what I think is the beauty of Kyle Pitts. So I'm not trying to say that's, like, terrible, but – I do think that he's been worse for you on a weekly basis um, than that that overall ranking of the tight end nine really shows um, as far as some of the weeks he's been. I still think he's an interesting play because he can do get you a ton of points, but he get he's gotten you um, weeks many weeks less than less than six, and he's the kind of guy who's like a you feel like you have to play him, so he can really. He can really hurt you. He can really hurt you sometimes. Um, but, yeah, you're right. He hasn't been terrible. I just think – I don't know what his ADP was, but I, 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 I really believe that he uh, – there was definitely people who you could have drafted ahead of him who would have been better uh, for your team. Uh, and that's true of basically any draft pick you can make. Um, if you, This basically hindsight's 2020. But, um, yeah, I just think that – I don't think – I think this one was a predictable – um, predictably was not going to finish as high as he did. That's all I'm trying to say, I guess, which doesn't really matter now anymore, I guess. So it, we shouldn't talk that one into the ground because who cares what happened in the 2021 fantasy draft at this point, I guess. So it's about looking forward and looking forward. I think Kyle Pitts is a, is an interesting, is a really, is a, is definitely a top 10 tight end. So I think that's all that really matters, which sounds like you definitely agree with. So um, anything else though in that matchup that you wanted to mention at all? Um, I think we've, I mean, Russell Gage, I guess, is just a name to mention. We've talked about him before, deeply interesting ad. Um, but other than that, um, a guy you can avoid. But any, anybody else you wanted to mention or any disagreement there on Russell Gage? No, uh, not on Russell Gage. He's a little bit up and down, so I'm, I'm not really too interested in that personally. But um, yeah, he's an interesting flex opportunity if you if you have to throw it on the wall. I'm more interested in, I mean, Osborne's already played, but I, I'd be more interested in Guyton if he didn't have. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. like which I think I, I think you're gonna say assuming uh, both those other guys, uh, Williams and Allen, are out. But yes. yeah. But anyways, next matchup here: uh, Seahawks Texans. Barn burners, some teams with great records over here. Um, yeah, I know this one's going to be pretty lame. Um, Russell Wilson looks like he's playing better, though. So I think you can have a little bit more confidence in Tyler Lockett for sure. I think DK Metcalf is hurt a little bit by the fact that they are playing the Texans. I think even the Seahawks have the chance to blow out the Texans, especially with Davis Mills back at the helm of the Texans. Um, and then Brandon Cooks. I just don't think uh, he's a really good player that I don't think is going to be able to continue to produce on a consistent basis uh, with Davis Mills at the helm. So I think he's probably just a, a bench rider for now. Um, but yeah, I, I think the really interesting question here is just um, how are we feeling about the Seahawks wide receivers? And is there a Seahawks running back that interests you for me? That's a no, but I wanted to ask Gabby. No, if you made me pick somebody, I'd probably pick Adrian Peterson. 
Yeah, yeah, or Alex Collins, I guess. But they're yeah, they're both uh yeah. <laughs> no, and then for the wide receivers, I do think Russ is back. So I'm playing Metcalf and Lockett rest of the season. Not concerned um, by the matchup at all this week. No. Okay. I would not. I'm not going to be con- concerned about the. Not a shitty team like the Texans, no. Well, but the Seahawks, the Seahawks in a in in a perfect game for Pete Carroll, the Seahawks just run the shit out of the ball, um, and that's that's why I that's the only reason that I think that DK uh, potentially doesn't have that great a game, just because all yeah, of, all you're time giving, you're giving credit to the Seahawks. You're acting like the Seahawks aren't this don't have one of the second worst records in the NFL. The Seahawks are a bad team, man. And they just lost Jamal Adams. So there's a good chance that the Texans win this game. Like, I'm betting the Texans money line on this game because there's there's no chance. I don't I, – I think the public thinks the Seahawks are still a good football team. And, yes, Russ being looking healthy is going to help. But the defense is bad. They can't really run the football. Like, they brought in Adrian Peterson to help run the football. Like, the teams that have brought in Adrian Peterson – that's like a sign that they cannot run the football if you have to bring in Adrian Peterson at this point in the career. So we know that they can't run the football. Russell Wilson looks like he's coming back in the form, but we obviously know there's time. Oh, and the defense, the Seahawks have just lost their best defensive player for the year. So I don't think the Seahawks deserve any sort of – They don't. they're not going to walk in and think they can run this ball 35 times and win the game. They're going to have to throw the ball to win. So I'm starting these wide receivers with confidence, and especially versus the Texans. I think it's way more way more likely that these guys have big games than the Seahawks run the football because they're up by three scores. I mean, I think I have to I have to disagree with you in some ways. I mean, I do. I mean, I totally agree that the Seahawks are a really bad team. Um, I mostly just think very li- even less of the Texans. But I also am going based off just the way the Seahawks games have been this year. Um, going back to when they played the Steelers, of course, that was not Russell Wilson. That was Geno Smith. Um, but they still had no. Fair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I, it's not my only example. Give me a sec. Um, give me a sec. It's just one example of them. They wanted to run the ball. They didn't do anything on offense. And they were happy to just play that game super close and low scoring, which I think is typical MO for the Seahawks. And then going back to going up, I guess, to neck to last week against Washington. They had Russell Wilson playing worse than I think he's going to, or not last week, the week before, excuse me, um, against Washington. Uh, Russ was playing even worse than he was now. They didn't have a running game then either. Their defense was still terrible. And they still didn't, they didn't even throw the ball to DK. They threw the ball to DK like one time in a game that obviously they needed to do, they needed to score more points to win. They lost and they still couldn't get the ball to DK um, against a defense. That's not that staunch in Washington. They're playing a little bit better than they had at the beginning of the year. I just think there's a chance and a fairly high chance that if the Seahawks can get away with scoring like 17 points, they're going to be happy to do that. And if they can win the game that way, and that is just a, they're in a game that's not that high scoring. There's just a chance that DK isn't great for you if he doesn't catch the touchdown. He's still DK Metcalf. So, I mean, you play him, but I, I still think he's a little bit downgraded. I'm just a little concerned. Um, but, yeah, I do think there's a chance the Seahawks, they go out there and they put up like 17 points 
and DK gets like eight or nine points for you. That's what I think is probably going to happen. But you have to play him with the hope that he gets you a touchdown, which would, of course, just make his day. So um, I, I think it's just going to come down to whether or not he gets a touchdown. And you're right. They will, they're not going to cakewalk it. They're not going to just run, the, run through them and just easily, easily win. So there's a chance he catches a touchdown. Um, I just would be – I'm just a little bit more confident that that goes to Tyler Lockett um, than DK. That's all. All righty. Um, but yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think there's anybody else to talk about there in that matchup. So, uh, Raiders chiefs, a little bit more interesting one, uh, Gabby, I'll let you take us through this one. What's interesting here. Raiders versus chiefs. Raiders versus chiefs is going to be a shootout over under is at 47 and a half. Not the biggest one of the slate, but I do think there's going to a chance for, Lots of offense here. Um, the Chiefs, I think everybody here, it's pretty straightforward on both sides of the ball who you're starting and who, who you don't. Um, the running back situation, I do think CEH, uh, has, he's looking like a flex. He's in the flex category. They're coming off the bye, just a little bit more healthy coming off of that MCL injury. And they're going to integrate him back into the offense a little bit more. So I do think he's an interesting flex option here. But on the other side, I mean, Josh Jacobs, he's a man's as far, especially with Sally Kenyon Drake being out for the rest of the year. It looks like it's going to be more of him. He's been catching the ball a lot, nine receptions last week. So um, that pass catching ability that we've been wanting for him over the last couple of years is finally coming to fruition. And uh, Hunter Renfro as well, this dude's been a stud and he just continues to produce, especially with Darren Waller being out with the knee injury, uh, Hunter Renfro is going to be a top 24 play until further notice. And he's going to be a top 36 play for the rest of the year. Um, just that floor and the ability to find the end zone, the connection with Derek Carr is amazing. If you guys haven't seen on Instagram, Derek Carr posted a picture a couple weeks back and it was him throwing the ball and the caption was Renfro down there somewhere. So that lets you know the connection that they have. He just will chuck it up to him at any moment's notice. Hopefully, number 13 will come down with it. That's the type of guy I want on my fantasy team. Um, but, uh, Sam, do you have – what do you think? Would you – do you think – would you want a wide receiver and a uh, – catching a ball from – like, would you would you think that you would want the number one wide receiver from a top five quarterback in terms of passing yards? The idea that uh, – I'm sorry. <laughs> the idea that Hunter Renfro – is some sort of deep threat uh, that just makes me chuckle. I just, uh, oh yeah, I'll chuck it down there somewhere. He'll get it. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one. Um, no, Hunter Renfro is awesome right now. Um, yeah, for sure. No, no Darren Waller, and of course, Henry Ruggs leaving the team. That made that made a huge opportunity for Hunter Renfro that wasn't necessarily there at the start of the season. Um, so my opinions on Hunter Renfro have definitely evolved, and I always say. I've said it on this show many times. You have to evolve with fantasy, and I'm evolving on Hunter Renfro because his situation is evolving. Love Hunter Renfro this week especially. You honestly can't get more of a prime matchup than the Kansas City Chiefs if you're a wide receiver, even if uh, you're they're playing a little bit better. I'm still thinking they're a prime, prime matchup. Uh, Derek, Derek Carr has always been disrespected. Um he he's a, he's a fine quarterback. He'll he'll definitely allow Hunter Renfro to produce. 
I'm interested in Hunter Renfro against the Chiefs, regardless of Dar- if Darren Waller plays. Um, but for sure, if Darren Waller is out, then Hunter Renfro is a, an excellent play. But Hunter Renfro is just this is just too prime of a matchup that the Raiders. This is gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to score points. It's the Chiefs. Uh, I know that's a tired take, but they're gonna have to score score points on the Chiefs to win. So there's the passes are gonna have to go somewhere. Hunter Renfro is gonna. He is definitely going to be there um, and be on the receiving end of some of those for sure. Definitely a solid play. And he's been, he's been on fire these last couple of weeks, um, getting over a hundred yards receiving in both weeks, basically 20 points in, in both weeks and scoring you over 17 points in four out of the last five weeks. So um, yeah, Hunter Renfro has been incredibly involved lately and been very good for you um, recently for sure. Uh, but then also Josh Jacobs, uh, the Kenyon Drake injury, while very disappointing and unfortunate for Kenyon Drake, um, is fantastic news, unfortunately, for uh, Josh Jacobs owners. I think Josh Jacobs is going to kill the rest of the year. Um, the, the Raiders, just, they just take Josh Jacobs out sometimes. And Josh Jacobs is, uh, I, I've been on the record as saying he's not my favorite running back as far as just skill. Um, Josh Jacobs, I feel like sometimes hasn't capitalized on uh, his opportunities. And since those opportunities were at times limited by other players like Kenyon Drake, um, he's going to get more opportunities and less, less chance to squander those. Um, so I'm very excited to see uh, Josh Jacobs. And I think he's, I think he's going to be a really awesome play the rest of the year um, as the, the only guy running the ball there. So Josh Jacobs is for sure going to be great in my opinion. Uh, but on the Chiefs side, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, has had some weeks that were less than uh, Patrick Mahomes-like, uh, but of course you're still playing him. And then, yeah, you know, you know how it is with the rest of their players. You're starting Tyreek and you're starting Kelsey, like you said. So, um, yeah, anything else in that matchup, Gabby? No, nothing. Not in that matchup. I do think it's going to be a pretty good matchup to watch. Uh, Raiders. This is kind of their season. If they have any hope, they have to beat the Chiefs here. And the Chiefs, uh, if they want to take control of the AFC, they have to win this. So I think it's going to be a pretty good NFL game to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, In a game, the next matchup we have that is going to be much better than the previous iteration of it, in my opinion, just because it would be hard to be worse. But the Browns versus the Ravens, um, of course, that was an embarrassment for both teams last time they played turnovers galore. Um, I expect it to be much better as far as just how the game actually goes for both teams. Um, interested in playing Kareem Hunt this week. Um, it, he's probably a low-end RB2, um, but I expect that they need need to throw the ball. Um, and generally, uh, in games where Kareem Hunt, in, their, in tight games where they have to throw the ball, Kareem Hunt is utilized more and has better fantasy output. Usually the games where you'd expect a running back to do worse, uh, Kareem Hunt has, sh- has shown. Um, and then the games where running backs usually dominate, those are Nick Chubb games. So um, this game traditionally uh, la- last year in the beginning of this year for Kareem Hunt uh, would be a good matchup for him. Um, but he's still, of course, I mean, he, he was on bye last week and had returned from his injury that kept him out for a few weeks uh, the week before that. So he should be much more healthy. Um, but he just hasn't shown it yet on the field. So you play him with a little bit of concern uh, for that. Um, but I think 
I think he'll be a solid play this week. And then, of course, you're playing Nick Chubb every week. Baker Mayfield, um, his injuries make it so you don't really – you don't want to play any any Browns pass catcher, unfortunately. I mean, you can play Peoples-Jones or uh, Jarvis Landry in a absolute pinch, but that is a real tight pinch if you're playing those guys. Um, and then on the Ravens' side, uh, you're, you're, of course, playing Lamar, Lamar Jackson – Devonta Freeman has proven that he is the number one running back there. Um, so, I mean, he's Devonte Freeman on the Ravens. He's not a world beater, but he's number one there. He's going to get you solid fantasy output. And then, yeah, you, I think this could be a good game for Marquise Brown. The, the Browns are not good against, against the pass. So uh, I think this is going to be a good Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews game as well. Uh, but Gabby, is there anything in this matchup that stands out to you? No, not in this uh, matchup with the Browns. I do think that um, with the Ravens, however, uh, with Lamar struggling with passing, I don't know if Marquise Brown is as set in, forget it, as a wide receiver, too, as he was in the season's past. Rashad Bateman's drop is dropped. You can drop him now with so many less weeks left in the season. The breakout isn't coming. If it does, you don't want to be there for it, so... Agreed. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No. I do think Marquise Brown, I totally agree. Um, I think this week though is a good matchup for him. I just want to make sure I make that distinction. I agree that Marquise Brown is not definitely not a set it and forget it receiver, but um, I think this is a good matchup for him personally. So um, anything else though? No. Well, did the were the was it the Browns or the Ravens who were on by last week? It was the Browns. Okay. The Ravens played the Steelers in a tight one. They went for two on like the last one of the last yeah, plays of the game. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. That's catch the ball. Nope. Yep. And Lamar Jackson missed it. Yeah. Is yeah not great. But anyways, uh, next game. Cowboys versus the football team, the Washington football team. Uh, honestly, I mean, you know, with the Cowboys, for the most part, you're playing any receivers that are in. You're playing Lamb. You're playing Cooper. And, I mean, Gallup is honestly a fine play most weeks as well. Of course, he's on the lower end uh, flex territory, lower end of flex. Um, and then, yeah, you're playing Dalton Schultz on the Washington side. Antonio Gibson has – recently really been the the running back that you drafted him to be um so you love you love gibson in this matchup um yeah and then i think the interesting question is gabby how do you feel about the dallas backfield right now um with tony pollard has plantar fascia in his foot he revealed after this after the touchdown run so i'm feeling pretty good right now about Zeke just because I don't think Tony Pollard is going to take infringe on that at all. No, but, I didn't know about that, that injury. That's yeah. Pretty solid for Zeke. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but other than that, I, I would say I'm pretty, I'm pretty normal on the, the matchup or the, on the running back committee. Same sorry. old, same old. Yeah. yeah, I'm starting Zeke and Pollard is a flex consideration now. Okay. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, just love that guy. Got to keep playing him. 
but moving on though, uh, next matchup we got Jaguars Titans. Um, in this matchup, I'm interested and in, really interested, or not really interested. I uh, really want to reassure James Robinson owners. Um, he's one of my my best of the rest start of the week. He's been really not great for you lately. Um, there's a lot of doubt around him, but I think this week he's going to bounce back. Um, I think he's going to have a much increased volume. I think that the fumbling problems that he has should not concern you. Um, I expect a really solid floor through the passing game this week um, because I think the Titans are obviously significantly better than the Jaguars. Um, and Trevor Lawrence has really spoke up uh, this last week about how he thinks that James Robinson is one of the best players on their team and that he would he really wants to see him out on the field. And I think they're going to respect that request and give James Robinson a little bit of a longer leash. Uh, Carlos Hyde, he also fumbled last week, so it really doesn't make sense to me why they didn't give uh, James Robinson more work. So I expect a really good, uh, really good game from James Robinson, really involved. Um, I just don't think the Titans have um, many other options to utilize to try to score points. And I think that he's going to have a little bit of a longer leash than he has these last few games. Um, and so I think he's a really solid play that you were probably playing anyways, but I just wanted to reassure you. Um, and then on the Titans side, um, it's pretty barren, pretty barren. I don't think you're playing anybody uh, with any sort of confidence. And that I think uh, encompasses the entire matchup. But uh, do you disagree with me at all on that, Gabby? No, I think you laid that out perfectly. AJ Brown should come back. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> but anyways, next matchup, we got Lions-Broncos. Um, also a not-so-great matchup. Broncos are, of course, a great streaming defense. And then we've already touched on the running back situation there, so there's not much more to add. Um Jamal Williams should continue to be the starter there in Detroit. Um, doesn't sound like Swift is coming back yet, um, but he is he has is questionable. Uh, but he hasn't hasn't practiced this week, so he's not technically ruled out. Um, but I would expect him to miss this week. And we talked about uh, in previous shows about how we expect the Lions to play it safe with him. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, you're playing Hawkinson on the Lions side, and then uh, Noah Fant is a is a fine. Uh, a fine tight end play this week. I wouldn't say I'm super, super excited about him um, because there's, if there's one thing that the, the Broncos can do, it's to run the ball and their pass catchers. There's a, a, a plethora of good pass catchers. So I'm um, just not hundred percent sure that the targets go to Fant, but he's a fine play. I think he's just right on the outside of my top 10 tight ends. Uh, so uh, anything about that matchup though, Gabby, that you wanted to mention? No, I do think Denver's Denver's defense is good, but other than that, no. Yeah, they're going to I think they're going to probably roll over him to be honest, but we'll see. The Lions usually put up a fight. Uh but next matchup, Giants Chargers. Uh this should be a, a a bad game for the Giants, especially if like we mentioned earlier, Jake Fromm is the starter. Uh Chargers would be in that case an excellent defensive streamer. Um but, you know, in that matchup, we already touched on the Chargers wide receivers. You know, you're playing Eckler, you're playing Herbert. And then I think as far as the Giants wide receivers, if it's not Daniel Jones, I'm not playing anybody. And then Saquon Barkley, uh, you don't love that, but uh, that that matchup there. Uh, but you can run on the Chargers. The Chargers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Um, so I actually think this is going to be a good Saquon Barkley uh, week. 
regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, but other than that, in that matchup, uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. I think we, we've talked a lot about that matchup in our previous sections. But, Gabby, I just, of course, want to open it up to you if there's anything you wanted to add. No, we highlighted it pretty intently up in previous sections, so we can move on. Uh, 49ers at Bengals. Now, this is an actually pretty interesting one, uh, I think. Um, the Bengals just offense in general has, has been really interesting. It's Jamar Chase started off the year really, really, really excellent and then has been not so excellent lately. Um, T. Higgins, on the other hand, has been uh, king mediocre and now has been killing it lately. So, uh, Gabby, how are you feeling about uh, the Cincinnati wide receivers? I don't think there's anything to worry about as far as uh, Jamar Chase. I think you have to keep playing him for his upside. So I guess there is some worry, but I think there's no actionable uh, worry. I think you got to keep playing him for his upside. And then T. Higgins, I, I think he's just a really great receiver who just wasn't getting in the end zone for whatever reason um, and is – a great play most weeks is a high end flex, low end, uh, or yeah, probably just a flex wide receiver, maybe a high end flex. Um, but Gabby, how do you see that Cincinnati um, receiving core? Um, I do think T Higgins is like a wide receiver three um, with the floor and then Jamar chase. You got to play him obviously just because he's shown his explosiveness in the beginning of the year and Tyler Boyd, He's on the odd man out, but he does have his utility utilization and pinches. But since bye weeks are this is the last of the bye weeks, so I guess one more team. You should have this should be his last week that you should see him on the rosters after this week. I think you're free to cut him unless you are really thin at wide receiver or you're in a deep league. But aside of that, you're obviously playing Joe Mixon. But one thing to note, Joe Burrow's finger is messed up, and I think. I don't know if it's going to be that well for Sunday's game, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow is wearing some sort of like weird thing on his finger or a splint or if he's limited just because that finger was messed up in previous weeks. And the lines, Vegas knows that as well. If you look at the lines in Vegas right now, the Bengals are underdogs at home versus um, – this team and they don't deserve to be underdogs in the, the Niners in a normal matchup. So something there's obviously wrong with Joe Burrow and the Lions know that. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I think the 49ers are better than people give them credit for personally. Of course, they just had a rough loss to Seattle last week. That probably hurts them in the public eye, but I do think the 49ers are better than people give them credit for. Um, so I think that maybe has something to do with it as well. But that's a great point to bring up, though, about uh, Joe Burrow. That's something that has been going pretty low-key under the radar uh, that I definitely forgot to mention um, that has not been talked about this week a lot. So, yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. Um, and so just to be clear, though, you have no you're still you're still rolling out Jamar Chase as a wide receiver one, correct? Yes. Okay, I agree. I just wanted to make sure he has been pretty bad these last few weeks. Um, but like last week, if he caught the touchdown, he had a, a pass he dropped in the end zone that or that would have been a touchdown. And it, it, I think it ended up being like an interception, I think. But he uh, he like dropped it into the guy's hands. And if he gets that, then uh then we're talking about him differently. So, yeah, I definitely think you keep playing him. Um, so next matchup, uh, or actually, excuse me, before we move on, got to talk about the rest of the people. 
Uh, you're, of course, playing Joe Mixon, and we already talked about the 49ers running back situation and Debo Samuel. Um, so I think the only other things to mention are George Kittle's an absolute beast. Killed it last week. Um, and then also uh, Brandon Ayuk was not a beast, which is uh, – so it seems like all the – a lot of the touches that Debo Samuel – was getting are going to George Kittle, uh, not Brandon Ayuk. So I think Brandon Ayuk is just status quo, has been better than he started the season. Um, but you know he's a not a not necessarily in a in a ten man league. You would probably not be playing him in your flex. Uh, so I think he'd just be right outside that. So I think it's going to be that for Brandon Ayuk with or without Debo Samuel. Personally, uh, Gabby, do you see Brandon Ayuk about that same way? Yes, especially yeah. In the matchup, he wasn't able to perform without Debo, so um, don't have any confidence in this game. Awesome. So next matchup, uh, this one is the last of our late window on Sunday, um, or our second window on Sunday. It's going to be really, really good. I think Bills Buccaneers. Bills, of course, coming off a tough game uh, last week or the, on Monday, uh, where they just got run all over. Um, but Gabby, take us through this matchup. What stands out to you? Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, highest-scoring game of the week in terms of betting lines. Um, the Bills—they're gonna. The defense has to show up this week. They got embarrassed last week on national TV with Matt Jones winning the game, throwing the ball three times. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, I think you're playing everybody that you can out. Not you're not playing Emmanuel Sanders. I do think you're playing Cole Beasley this week. I think he's a great flex option this week. Um, just because I heard this from one of my podcasts, but he's been playing really well. He plays really well versus zone read, and Tampa plays a lot of zone coverage. So there's a chance that he does really well this week, and especially from a player prop standpoint. So in fantasy, I think that's a good. There's a good chance that he does well um, as well. Uh, I definitely have – I definitely disagree on Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley hasn't gotten you over 10 fantasy points in any of the last four weeks. Um, His thing is supposed to be consistency, getting lots of targets. Um, That has not been him really this year. Of course, it has been in some games. I mean, uh, he's had some nice games for you, but he's not been anywhere near a model of consistency. Uh, I would have to be super desperate uh, to play Cole Beasley personally. Um, I honestly think I'm surprised he's honestly rostered in as many leagues as he is. Uh, I, I'm just not a fan. And, and Tampa Bay does have a, a porous secondary due to injury. And as you said, uh, in a scheme that Cole Beasley usually plays well in, but I'm just, I'm personally not taking that risk. I would have rather have played uh, pretty much everybody else we've mentioned so far in this podcast. I'd rather, I'd rather play Russell Gage um, as a read there um, for me personally on uh, Cole Beasley, but that's just where I stand. Um, if you want to take a flyer, then yeah, I guess Cole Beasley's a kind of guy you could, but I, I'm personally not, not jumping on that. Um, and as far as Emmanuel Sanders, I think his role is being encroached upon by Gabriel Davis, making him and Gabriel Davis obsolete for fantasy right now. And then I think, I think this is going to be a really good Stefan Diggs game. Not that that matters. You're playing him of course. Um, and then, yeah, I think on the Bucks side, I think Leonard Fournette's bona fide. I mean, you got to be playing him every week, obviously. Um, and then, you know, it's just <laughs> any of the receivers that are in, you play them. We talked about them uh, every week. And, uh, yeah, I think and Gronk has played 
Awesome. So, uh, yeah, you're playing all bucks, basically every single Buccaneer. Um, I'm curious, Gabby, who do you think just, who do you think wins this game? I'm just curious what you think just for fun. I think the Bucks win. Yeah, I agree. But I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won, but yeah, it's hard, hard to pick against the Bucks, especially how the Bills have been playing recently. Um, but is there anything else in that matchup that you wanted to talk about? No. Awesome. Uh, next matchup is a little bit of a lopsided divisional one here. We got the Packers playing the Bears. Um, David Montgomery, as we uh, mentioned earlier, he's, he's got a hamstring injury that's a situation to monitor. Um, so he's just a guy to be keeping an eye on. Um, he, if he doesn't play, it's, of course, Khalil Herber is the handcuff, so make sure you have him. Um, and then on the Packers side – I think an interesting speculative ad is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. There's been a lot of hype around him recently. Probably not going to end up being anything for redraft, especially with the season starting to come to a close. Um, But, you know, if you're looking for a guy to add to your roster, that could be interesting. Potentially, he's your guy. Um, And then in Dynasty, I think he's a guy that is maybe an interesting ad. But I'm, I'm not necessarily a believer in his talent. I think he could be replaced pretty easily. For the Packers, he's just really, really fast, and via that, that that makes him a, a better deep threat. Um, but yeah, and then on the of the Packers, you're of course playing uh, Devonte, and you're playing uh, Aaron Jones. I think the question is, are you playing AJ Dillon? What do you think, Gabby? Uh, this week, I'm no, just because I think they gave Aaron Jones a week back from by. I think they're going to integrate him back into the offense. I think he's an interesting flex candidate, but I'm not playing him as a strong RB2 that we were in weeks past. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's like, uh, if you're desperate, like I, like I talked about earlier, there are some guys on by. He's not the worst by fill-in. Um, he can definitely have a big game if he gets in the end zone. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think this will be really interesting in telling of how the matchup is going to go the rest of the season because it's a game where the Packers are going to be able to run. Um, and I, they're obviously not going to be down to the bears or likely not going to be down to the bears uh, famous last words. Um, so I think this is going to be really indicative coming off of the buy of how the rest of the season is going to go for the bears or Packers backfield uh, breakout. So it should be really interesting for that reason. Uh, but I agree. I think it's going to be significantly uh a significant Aaron Jones game after the bye. I think he'll be more healthy for sure. Um, but next matchup here, uh, we got Rams, we got Cardinals, uh, divisional game of two teams that are, um, the Rams haven't been so great lately, but there were two teams that I think are in the Super Bowl conversation. Um, Gabby, what about this matchup stands out to you? Um, this matchup, I do think the, What's interesting is that it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty good game. I mean, the Rams OBJ has been pretty consistent here, having caught two touchdowns over the last two weeks. Um, he's just shown the talent that he wasn't able to show in Cleveland. So I, I think now that he's shown the consistency, and now he he's firmly in the wide receiver two discussion for the rest of the year. Um, he yes, he only played fifty three percent of snaps, but that that was because they were up by a lot and they didn't really need to throw the ball. But they, they, they got up early and ended up winning the game 37-7 to seven and leaned on the running game tough. So I do think 
in a more competitive match, I think OBJ is going to be more involved and have a better fantasy match. But other than that, you want to look into the running back situations on both sides of the ball, starting on the Rams side. Daryl Henderson, if he's active, is he going to play? He might just suit up like he did last week. And in that case, um, we play Sony Michelle, but we won't know. There's no way of knowing. So I am not a proponent of playing Sony this week, if possible. And on the other side, Chase Emmons, there's a chance of him being activated this week. And if he plays, he's an interesting flex candidate. And obviously, James Conner has been on a roll as of late, honestly, all year. So if he, if that is the case, I'm still playing James Conner. And if Chase Edmonds is in flex candidate category, but I'm not eager to play him, just given how good James Conner has been. I think uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, the week he comes back, if it is this week, I – I think you definitely got to play James Conner, but going forward after that, I'm, I'm a Chase Edmonds truther. I think that guy is super talented. I think he's way more talented than James Conner. Uh, I think he can do more than James Conner. The problem he's had this season is just James Conner has been the goal line back, which as was really in a, in a lot of ways, lucky for you, the amount of touchdowns he got at the beginning of the year uh, that they didn't get vultured by, other players who got them from farther out or Kyler Murray rushing for them. Um, Kyler Murray being out for so long, I think has also boosted James Connors um, stats for fantasy and James Connors has been really solid, really good. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think Kyler Murray being out has boosted James Connor just a little bit. They've had to use him in the rushing game, I think a little bit more. Um, and so I'm really concerned about James Connor. If I'm a James Connor owner, once Chase Edmonds comes back, uh, Chase Edmonds is going to be probably a flex it's just going to be a flex consideration guy until he can get out there and prove it. Um, but I think he just has the ability to break big plays, but it has not been something he was really doing even when he was healthy uh, this year, but, or as far as big fantasy games, that is. So uh, I think that backfield is in for a shakeup once Chase Edmonds go, comes back, I think at the very least. Um, but for sure the week that he comes back that first week is still going to be a James Connor. It's still going to be James Connor's backfield. So um, you'll you'll have at least some time to uh, to make adjustments. Um, but other than that, uh, in the rest of that matchup, uh, Zach Ertz, I think he's a really solid uh, solid play. He's played really well as far as tight ends go. And then um, back to the Rams, OBJ. I do think he's a playable asset for sure. I think that's unquestionable. Uh, but I'm not as high on him as you are just a little bit lower. I'd probably have him as a, as a flex guy. I'm just not quite as convinced. I mean, he did only have two receptions last week, but I agree can be explained away a lot by the, uh, the fact that they were playing the Jags didn't have to pass the ball as much. Um, but I also, I think this matchup while they are playing a better team, it will likely have to pass the ball a significant, um, significantly more. Um, the Arizona defense is pretty solid. Um, and I don't think they're just pushovers either. So I don't expect it to just be easy, an easy game for them by any means. Um, not that Arizona's like super good or anything, but they're, they're fine. They're pretty good. And, uh, I, I think I'm just not as co confident enough to play OBJ. I think he really, uh, as a wide receiver too, I think he reminds me a lot of T Higgins, um, just in the fact that he's got a, a floor, um, but I don't know how often he's going to like break through that floor and get you more than that, like 10 to 13 points. Um, just 
just because he's the wide receiver too, I think unquestionably um, in LA. Not that he can't be, uh, not that he can't be fantasy relevant and can't change my mind. But at this point, I think that's kind of where I see him. Is like I think he'll probably be getting you at least ten points every week at, at the very least with some games where he gets you uh, twenty or more. But uh, yeah, so that, that's how I feel about Odell. Um, and I don't know if this is the best matchup for him, but it's not the worst by any means. Uh, but any, any, anything else you wanted to mention on that, Gabby? No. All right. Um, so that's going to conclude our matchups. So uh, last thing here, as usual, uh, defensive streamers. I'm going to go through the top five defensive streamers, uh, guys that are teams that were uh, not necessarily likely to be available uh, on your waiver wires, but were not unavailable by any means. Uh, teams that could definitely be added. Um, so just going through the list in order, starting from number one, we got New Orleans versus the Jets. Uh, New Orleans is a really good D and Jets suck. Uh, that's basically the same explanation for Green Bay versus Chicago. And then uh, Carolina versus Atlanta. Carolina is an excellent defense. I believe they're the number seven defense right now. Um, and they're, of course, playing Atlanta, who is not good. Denver versus Detroit, also a top 10 defense. And then Detroit is, again, bad. Uh, and then the Chargers playing the Giants. The Giants, I would uh, feel a little bit less confident about this pick if Daniel Jones is to go. Um, but of course, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, that is unlikely to happen. And I think that if Daniel Jones does not go, uh, whichever quarterback it does end up being, um, makes them an excellent pick to have a streaming defense play against. So those are my five defensive streamers. Again, in order is New Orleans, Green Bay, Carolina, Denver, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So that's all the fantasy stuff we have for the show for the Pretty much. I mean, unless Gabby, is there anything else you wanted to add uh, before we go? Uh, I wanted to say thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, sorry, I won't be able to be with you guys next week. I'm going to be on vacation down in Cancun. So uh, hopefully uh, you guys will be able to take this information and either win your first week of playoffs or make that final playoff push and make playoffs. Um, I will see you guys in two weeks and sayonara. Yeah, and I can't close it any better than that. So I will just say follow us on Twitter at SG Fantasy Show. And uh, I will see you next week. Bye.